0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mahita Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Altergott, the Chief Experience Officer at the CX Edge. Today, I'm very excited to have our next guest, Irene Holly. She's Chief of Staff for Alliance Material Handling. Welcome, Irene. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We were supposed to, for coming on, we were supposed to talk a little bit earlier, but you had a grandbaby in the last few weeks, so we had to delay it. Um, but we're really appreciative that you've made some time for us and congratulations on the new
1: addition to your family thank you we're very very excited it came a little earlier than planned which interrupted our meeting but we're glad she's here
0: yep so we're getting both done we're having babies doing podcasts getting it all done (laughs) right right. So I was hoping I'd like to start these discussions off just for our audience to get to know you and your company a little bit better. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about Alliance Material Handling and your role there.
1: So Alliance Material Handling is a warehouse solutions company. Um, We service uh, forklifts for different manufacturers. We sell them, we lease them and we rent them. We also deal a lot in parts for different manufacturers, and um, we do racking for warehouses. We design them, put the racking up, and and that business has really started to take off with, you know, COVID and more people shopping online. So that's become a biz, a big part of our business now. Awesome. And what do you do with an alliance? So I'm the chief of staff, which you know, uh, people always question, what does that mean?
0: That's <laughs> <So laughs> a broad
1: title. Yeah. So I'm the one that wears many hats. So I'm currently uh, in charge of HR, IT, our facility. I keep our CEO as straight as I can,
0: <laughs> um, which again, challenging, I'm sure.
1: All right. So it's it's a kind of a catch-all position. You know, I handle um, our our company culture, uh, our employee engagement. Um, you know, I'm kind of chief of staff as I take care of the staff.
0: Awesome. And I love that you mentioned company culture and employee engagement, because that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on. Um, We've heard a lot about Alliance and what they've been doing around, especially culture and engagement. And I think those are two topics that have been talked about so much, you know, within, I would say, probably the last five to ten years. But for a lot of companies, it still remains too broad and, you know, that's something the Googles and the Facebooks of the world do, and not necessarily some of these smaller to mid-sized companies. Um, But you guys have really put together a number of programs that have been effective. So I was wondering if we could start out with just you defining what you believe your company culture is there at Alliance.
1: So... I would say our company culture is centered around transparency uh, and communication, and us all working together and fe- and feeling like a cohesive unit. So the the biggest thing that I try to focus on is uh, everyone feeling value.
0: hmm And how do you communicate that message to your team? Because we can put up on the big board, you know, transparency and communication and say all those good things. But we all know that unless we live it and communicate it, it's not really effective. Um, so how have you instilled those values in your team and communicated those values to your team?
1: So, I mean, it's been, it's been a, I wouldn't say a long process, but it's it's not something that happens overnight. Um, luckily, uh, our CEO, uh, Tom Albero, is, is wonderful as far as letting me kind of run with whatever I think is, is gonna work with the company. I get to try new things um, and kind of experiment and see what works. So we started with our environment. And you mentioned Google, and we often get comments from people that come in that our our facility looks like a Google facility. So we gutted our building and put up all glass walls we have a, a huge cafeteria with a um, a marketplace that's on the honor system. So we created spaces where everyone can kind of meet together. We have a rec room that has a pool table and a foosball table. And, you know, we're trying to help people meet together to work together. It's, it's a completely open environment. So someone can yell across, you know, the cubicles and ask a question. Um, all meetings are visible no matter who's meeting with what even the CEO is in a glass office and people can come and go so setting the tone in our building of transparency was was the first thing and it did open up a lot of questions like oh what are you guys meeting about you know and, and we share those things with them I believe that the more you share the more that they feel a part of the company
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think even just those changes and references to the glass walls and the transparency in meetings automatically takes so much mystery out of, you know, things that weren't that big deal before, but because it was behind a closed door, people question what's going on. I, I think that's tremendous. Now, I'm interested in kind of going through 2020 and where we are now with a lot of people working from home and you know, different things happening with environment, given that you had a facility that was really designed to ensure transparency and communication, I'm assuming you had a certain amount of your workforce from home or not necessarily in the office during the peak of the pandemic. How did that affect some of those cultural ideals that you had instilled before with your building facility?
1: So we actually, believe it or not, had the opposite. At mm-hmm. our company, so we, you know, when when COVID hit, we did get every give everyone the opportunity to, to work from home if they didn't feel safe or if they had, you know, childcare issues. And we we sat with everybody and kind of discussed it as a group. Our office, luckily, is set up that even though it's an open environment, everyone is back to back, so no one's, you know, close. So we met that six foot apart kind of deal. Um, but the biggest thing that spoke about our culture is everybody in the office agreed that it was unfair for them to be able to work from home while our technicians are out servicing customers. And they felt in order to be a team and support you know, their fellow, their fellow, fellow employees, that it was important that they come to work every day. So we did not have one person want to work from home during the pandemic.
0: Wow. I mean, that says a lot about what you've done. And I like that you had mentioned earlier, changing culture takes time. And I think it's the patience and the stick-to-itiveness that sometimes people struggle with, Mm -hmm. just because it does take that constant reinforcement. But it sounds like it really has been emotionally instilled in your team for them to make those types of decisions. That's great to hear. Yeah so you know what when did you kind of start this journey i'm sure it's it's been a part of who you are for a long time but as you said with culture it doesn't happen overnight it takes some steps so how did you start that process of kind of defining what your culture is and what you wanted it to be and how you were going to change that for the future
1: uh, well when i came to alliance they had started the process um you know working with a company high performing culture setting up their 30 fundamentals and going through that whole process with them as far as you know getting the employees engaged in that you know new way of thinking understanding who we are as a company um so that's where it started when i came on board and then i tried to take those and apply it to culture and when you have any company that it doesn't have a a great culture, you have to start out really small. So uh, I have found in in all the years that I've been doing this at other companies that the best way to start is by reminding employees that it's fun to come to work. So our 30th fundamental is keep it fun. And so I asked Tom if I could take that week that we celebrate that fundamental and make it into like an employee appreciation fun week kind of thing to show them what it's like to keep it fun. And he said, do whatever you need to do, which is probably a mistake now that he thinks back on it. Cause I ordered 500 cans of silly string and we had a silly string fight through the office. <laughs> it kind of break stuff up. And we've actually become known for the company that has silly string fights when it's someone's birthday or someone is stressed out or it just, it's 30 seconds of reminding them that, you know, it's, it's not that serious.
0: Right. That's so fun. I did that two years ago for my daughter's eighth birthday, uh, a silly string fight. I don't know if I thought about that for an office, but I'll tell you, you know, adults loved it. And I can imagine being able to do it at work would be super fun. Um, you know, so we're, we're talking about engagement and culture and how they kind of go hand in hand. You know i think it starts with culture and it sounds like employee engagement is part of that but if you really look at employee engagement do you have some specific specific initiatives in terms of getting their feedback getting their suggestions for some of the things that you're implementing within alliance
1: yeah so um, we're very focused on employee engagement right now um, now that the culture is a little bit better so um communication is an issue with every company. I found that it's not always communication, it's, it's who's receiving that communication. You know, you could be sharing information in a newsletter or an email, but it's the employee receiving it the right way. So we're doing two things. We're making sure that um, the meetings that we have trickle down to every department and to every employee so that they're informed. Um, and we're sending out right now, we're sending out surveys to get feedback on how they feel. Do you feel like you've received communication? Do you understand our vision? Do you understand where we're going? How can we help you? And then if if there's any comments that, you know, no, they don't feel communicated with, then the leadership team gets together to try to tackle how to solve that so that every single employee feels valued, feels heard, and understands the company that they work for.
0: And what does your response rate look like on your employee surveys?
1: So we've only done a couple this year, um, and so we're we're sitting right around 70 percent.
0: Which is pretty good. Yeah. And then how do you communicate the results of that survey to your team?
1: So the survey software that we use has these wonderful graphs, and it's all anonymous and they have numbers. So we have posted that on our SharePoint site, which is another tool that we implemented to communicate with everyone. Um, and then we send an email you know, of, of here are the results, here's what we found, and here's what we're gonna work on. Because there's no point in doing a survey and asking their opinion if we're not willing to address their concerns. So we wanna make sure that they're heard, uh, we understand, we get it, we agree with you, and we're gonna work towards fixing that.
0: I love that you said that because I've worked with a number of organizations that do an employee survey, um, but the results tend to be filed away and, you know, kind of briefly reviewed. And then over time, the results just keep getting less and less and less because people aren't going to respond unless they feel that you really cared about what they said. So I think that's a tremendous initiative and, and I applaud you for doing stuff with it. Um, You know, I wanted to ask specifically on the field service technician side, Um, you know, in working with other organizations, especially around communication, I think one of the bigger challenges a lot of companies in our space has had is really getting the technicians involved and communicating with technicians just by nature of what their job is. It tends to be more difficult. Um, How have you addressed that?
1: So, I, I know our industry, it's very important that technicians be out on the road, you know, that there's they have to be billing a certain rate, it's important, and, and we agree it's important. Um, but more important is communication and our company culture above anything else. So we actually pull our technicians in every other week for a group meeting in every branch, and other members of the company in different departments are invited to those meetings. And when I said that, you know, the leadership team meets, and then that information is supposed to go down to mid-level managers, and they meet, and it go, you know, all that gets trickled down. That's part of that. So they get the same information that everyone else gets. They're on the clock. We feed them. We all get together. We hear their concerns. We share information with them, and it happens on a regular basis. It's a scheduled thing. It's it's worth the cost to have them feel a part of the company. I don't want anyone to feel like it's us and them. And this and this broke down that wall for them.
0: I love that you said it's worth the cost because I think that's been the biggest barrier in organizations that I've spoken with is yeah. the cost. And I totally agree with you that you get more from it in the long term, especially when it relates to turnover and productivity, right. than it costs you in the short term of having a meeting and having them off the road. So, again, I, that's really remarkable that you've committed to that and understand the broader perspective. Um, so, thank you for sharing that. You know, I'm curious in terms of uh, talking about turnover and hiring you know one of the reasons for really having a strong company culture and employee engagement you know really comes down to reducing employee turnover increasing productivity but also having a pipeline of talent of people that want to come work for you so you're not always out recruiting have you found these strategies have affected turnover as well as recruitment
1: they have we we've implemented you know a couple things my goal has always been you know, we're an ESOP and I think it's very important that we, you know, stress that to all of our employees, but it's easier said than done when you don't see it in your paycheck. So making them feel valued and to understand what they have in total compensation so that if somebody's trying to, you know, get them to work for their company, they offer them a dollar more, does that dollar really mean something to you or does our culture and what we offer, outweigh that dollar so that's been a road that we have gone down which seems to have helped everybody knows that the turnover rate for technicians is high and there's you know some part of that we have no control over Um, but we did implement uh, a new training program Uh, again it's one of those things that the the cost has been well worth it Uh, we have a full-time trainer now We, the criteria is you have to be mechanically inclined and 18 years old, and we will teach you from the ground up. You, you stay in the shop. We have stages that you meet and hopefully in, you know, six months you're in a truck and you're riding with someone. And so we, we call it growing our own technicians and that has been super successful.
0: I love that. So are you going to high schools to recruit these potential kind of intern candidates or people coming to you looking for it?
1: So we go to the high schools in our area around the branches. Um, But we also go to a lot of the colleges out here, the community colleges have career centers. And so we've been targeting those. We've had great success with um, the automotive program that they do in the college. So we get a lot of students from that. Um, We have some technicians that took the program years and years ago. their their auto mechanic instructor actually came out two weeks ago to tour our facility and check on our training program and he did a post on instagram through the college about how amazing the program was and how happy he was that his students were a part of it and and it was great to see that we had their support
0: that's really fantastic i mean it's such a great initiative and you know you can have an employee for life and i think that growing your own technicians you know, really speaks a lot to the long-term value of a program like that. It's both the company and the individual, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for sharing. I have to say I'm very impressed with what you guys have been able to implement there. And, you know, not being a Facebook or a Google or, you know, a huge, you know, Fortune 500 company, that these types of strategies really can be implemented no matter what size you are. Right. And they really do pay off. You know, Mm -hmm. dividends, I think you'll say. Um, So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, you have actually made it to our lightning round. Are you familiar with our lightning round? I
1: am
0: not. All right. So our lightning round provides us an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So I have 10 questions I'm going to ask you. And then it's whatever comes to your head, whatever answer comes to your head first, uh, you can give us. I promise you, I tried to keep these as appropriate as possible. So uh, (laughs) are are you ready to enter the lightning round?
1: I, I think I'm ready.
0: Okay. I like to start off easy. What movie can you watch over and over again without getting tired of?
1: Iron Man.
0: Iron Man. What is your hidden talent? My
1: hidden talent? Yeah. I have actually, a few. I knit and crochet and sew and all of those things. Very cool.
0: What's your favorite game to play on your phone? Uh, I think it's still Words with Friends. <laughs> uh, Netflix or Hulu, which do you prefer? Netflix. Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? 20 minutes early. What's your favorite food? Oh,
1: all, all food. I eat a lot. Anything <laughs> Italian, anything Italian. What leader do you admire most? What leader do I admire most? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know, that's a hard one.
0: I don't know. We can skip it and come back. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals
1: oh geez i think talk to animals (laughs) you know
0: i thought about that when i was writing it but i'm like terrified of what my dog would say about
1: us yeah but it would be it would be interesting that's it's a toss-up but i do love animals so i'd be very curious (laughs) um
0: do you like your drinks frozen or on the rocks Frozen. And if there's a spider in your house, do you kill it or set it free?
1: You set it free.
0: You're very kind hearted. I've almost burned my house down before trying to get rid of a spider.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I set it free. I can't speak for my son.
0: I. <laughs> Well, Irene, thank you so much for your time today. Would you like to leave our listeners with any last thoughts around culture and engagement?
1: Um, I just what you said, I think it has a huge impact. It doesn't matter what size the company you are, you can implement these things. Um, it You have to not look at the cost because I agree the payoff is well worth it. Um, you make up the cost in the end.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again, and I hope we can have you back on, because I'm sure you guys are coming up with new stuff all the time, oh, and hopefully okay. next year we can get some type of update.
1: Okay. Um,
0: it's been a really fascinating discussion, and we appreciate you sharing it with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. This has been Mahita Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Altergat. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Thank you.